0: It's time now for Illinois Innovators, spotlighting the leaders in research, technology, and entrepreneurship from the engineering at Illinois community. Welcome to another edition of Illinois Innovators. I'm your host, Mike Kuhn. Today, we want to introduce you to MakerGirl, a nonprofit founded at the University of Illinois in 2014, with a mission to inspire the next generation through educational STEM sessions led by college mentors and instructors. In less than four years, Maker Girl has impacted 3,000 girls in 18 states. This year, they are expanding to Northwestern University and have hired their first CEO and Stephanie Hine, who joins us to talk about Maker Girl. Stephanie has bachelor's degrees in molecular and cellular biology and chemistry from the University of Illinois and a master of arts in education from the University of Michigan. Stephanie, welcome to the program.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Well, first off, just talk about your background, how you got involved in the sciences, and you know, what impacted you growing up?
1: Sure. Um, well, growing up, I was always interested in science. I was the kid who played outside a lot, played with Legos, like loved video games and computer games. And when I came to the University of Illinois, I didn't really know what I wanted to study or what career path I wanted to go down, but I was always very interested in molecular biology, so that's the degree path I chose. And as as I was studying here, I still was looking into the future, didn't really want to go to med school or dental school or anything like that, um, but I came across a Facebook post about Maker Girl um, my junior year and just was automatically extremely interested in what they were doing. I thought their mission was amazing um, and super important to get young girls into STEM. I just saw myself liking that when I was younger, so I wanted to help other girls find their path.
0: So did you have mentors growing up that helped uh, steer you into this path?
1: Um, Yeah, I'd say my high school chemistry teacher was a big mentor for me because that was a class that I really struggled with, Um, and he was really great at sitting me down and going through these topics one-on-one and giving me extra help, and I think that really helped me realize that even though you can struggle with some of these subjects, it doesn't mean that you're not meant to be in that field.
0: So the mission of Maker Girl obviously is to, to get girls interested in STEM. Talk about what the landscape is out there, and you know, talk a little about the difficulties maybe of having girls realize that you know they can do some of these things.
1: Yeah. Well, we learned early on when we were making Maker Girl that um, middle school is an age where young girls tend to stop engaging in STEM classes or extracurricular activities. So we work with elementary school girls, um, hopefully. Because they're a little younger, we can build their confidence in those areas and build their interest, and that way they'll be able to continue pursuing those fields as they go on. Um, Yeah.
0: So Maker Girl itself, uh, you were here kind of at the beginning, um, your first – stint back uh, at the University of Illinois. What do you remember about those days and, um, you know, w- how did you design, how did the team design exactly the, the curriculum and the, and the programs uh, that you felt were most appropriate?
1: Sure. Um, so our main framework, we, we use 3D printers mainly. That's what we're focused on right now. And we try to show the girls who attend our sessions how 3D printing is used in the real world and also how STEM is integrated into every part of their daily lives, from the toothpaste that they use in the morning to whoever engineered their bed and designed their bed, just how it's all around them. And so we have different themes for each of our sessions. Um, when I was here, we did like a sports theme session and showed them how Under Armour 3D prints parts of their athletic shoes, and we had an animal theme session where we showed them how 3D printing is used for animal prosthetics, so teaching them how... These technologies have real-world applications, I think, is really important.
0: And You use the Maker Lab here, and I every time that I would yeah. attend one of these uh, as an outsider, it was full. So you, you, you didn't have any trouble attracting girls here in this uh, in the Champaign-Urbana area.
1: Yeah, I think the university has been, like, a very valuable resource for us. Obviously, the Maker Lab um, and their printers, but a lot of uni- professors and university staff would bring their kids um, we did uh, some work with games camp over one summer, and then we also d- did two mobile campaigns over the summers, one in 2016 and one in 2017, that allowed us to go to communities around the university and even into other states.
0: So what was the uh, impetus for f- wanting to expand it beyond just doing it here on campus? I mean, going to 18 states over the last few years, going on the road, I remember the summer that you guys decided to <laughs> first decided to do that, pretty ambitious. Uh, but um, you know wh- what was that decision about, and and you know all the logistics I'm sure that went into it were uh, pretty complicated.
1: Yeah, I think we saw the success and popularity of our sessions here and wanted to bring that to other girls. Our first and second road trip really focused on um, rural areas across the country, so we were able to bring our printers to girls who have never seen a 3D printer, don't have access to technology like that, um, and that's being in central Illinois. I think that's a really Big passion of ours is to bring our STEM sessions to other rural communities, um, and then we've since expanded to Northwestern University as well.
0: Okay, so beyond three D printing, what goes on during the session? What what sorts of uh, you know, lasting impressions that you that you hope to leave with them?
1: I think mentorship is a big one. Um, we when we were doing some research into like the lack of women in STEM something a common theme that we saw was that girls often don't see role models in their personal lives or in the media that represent them in STEM fields especially for girls from underrepresented backgrounds so just to give them university students who are studying these subjects and um even just anyone on our team we created this maker girl thing and even if stem isn't what these young girls eventually want to go into they still are able to see that they can create they can take their idea and create whatever they want out of it
0: so have you heard you dealt with uh you know over three thousand girls now success stories or you know what sorts of feedback are you hearing that you know this program is really working
1: well, we have one young girl who used to live in the Champaign-Urbana area. She would come to all of our sessions, and her dad told us a story where she he called her like a little girl one time, and she responded to him, Dad, I'm not your little girl. I'm a maker girl. So to see her identifying with the maker mindset in our program is um, just amazing and cool to see.
0: So are you finding that as they go through high school and eventually to college, they're you know they're choosing to to want to really engage in the sciences.
1: I think the p- the students that we've had come through right now are not even in high school yet. They're right. still really young, but that is something that we are trying to work on. Is how do we track these girls from elementary school into middle school and high school and eventually into college? So that's something that we would like to focus on.
0: So uh, now, as mentors, um, what sort of messages are are you uh, hoping to give? to them um, as they, as you said, follow up and, and, you know, hopefully many of them will pursue those careers.
1: Yeah, I think on one level, um, letting them know that STEM careers and studying STEM doesn't have to be maybe as intimidating as they think it is, even though these are difficult and involved like subjects they can still do it. I think even on a broader level because they're so young they're obviously not all going to study STEM they're going to find whatever their interests are and we just want them to have the confidence to say yes to those opportunities and to follow their passion wherever it may lead them.
0: And at the end of the day they have something tangible to take home correct?
1: Correct yeah they each go home with a 3D printed object that they designed themselves so it can remind them of the experience they had and of our program.
0: Talk about how they design the 3D print. I mean, they they actually physically do design on a computer, um, and I'll, I'll let you tell the rest.
1: Yeah, we use uh, like kid-friendly CADing software called Tinkercad. Um, it's a free website that you can just sign up for, and we start by having them draw out their design, come up with some ideas, maybe a couple different like designs that they draw out, and then we bring them and we show them how to use Tinkercad and that's basically just manipulating different 3D shapes and combining those to make whatever object they want. So they really have to learn, like, spatial reasoning and how to rotate these objects in their mind and how to combine all the pieces to make sure they're all connected. And then once their design is finished on the computer, they can watch it print out on the printer and take it home with them.
0: So while it prints out, obviously they want to see it being built what goes on? What what sorts of other activities do you have for them?
1: Yeah, so a lot of them are perfectly content watching it print. I mean, they're small designs, so they don't take terribly long to print. Um, in the past, we have had a couple different building activities where we use, like, the spaghetti noodles and marshmallows to make, like, different stable structures. And something that we are planning on in the future is to incorporate some new STEM activities so that during the time that they're printing, we have another like engineering or science-focused activity that matches the theme of our session.
0: So why 3D printing? I mean, was is this the coolest thing that at the time, you know, girls could, could see and they could actually make something?
1: Yeah, I think that was a big part of it. Just the technology at the time was um, pretty new and a lot of younger elementary age students had never seen it before. I think another big part was the university and that was a resource that was available to us um the maker lab was very generous in letting us use their printers and helping us get set up so i think it's a combination of the two
0: so i believe at some point uh you had space at uh in research park is that correct
1: yeah when we were with the iVenture ac- accelerator yeah we were okay. a part of iVenture in 2015 um so that's the summer that we were in research park
0: so the development of maker girl as an entity take us through that And, you know, obviously these are really cool sessions, but uh, this isn't isn't just a one-off. This is actually a movement that that Maker Girl is leading here.
1: Correct, yeah. So, I mean, initially when we were just at the University of Illinois running our sessions, um, I mean, we obviously decided to expand pretty quickly, and that required just our whole team of students at the university putting together basically like curriculum packets and training packets and we do a lot of fundraising and sponsorship so all the students here that are part of our team are, play a really big role in that and helping us expand.
0: So the sessions are free, or is there a cost to them?
1: We do currently charge for our sessions. Um, when we did our road trips over the summer, we waived some of those fees because we were going to areas that might weren't necessarily able to afford the cost of our sessions, and a goal of mine is to make it so eventually our sessions are free for everyone. Okay.
0: And then talk about the follow-up that you've done with some of these girls after you've left.
1: Yeah, I think the road trip is um, a really big follow-up piece. We... Um, We've done two so far in the second summer. We reconnected with a lot of the places we went on the first summer. Um, Those connections have also allowed us to um, think about expansion, especially into, like, Chicago and Milwaukee. We followed up with a lot of the connections we've made from the road trip, and they are now interested in having a permanent Maker Girl program there.
0: So as the girls get older, do you maybe see sessions for – high school middle school uh, students to be able to continue on that path
1: yeah absolutely that's something we've talked about recently is um, making a middle school or even high school curriculum so that they can continue with our program
0: so uh, this summer expanding as you said uh, based out of northwestern university into, chi- into chicago and then you're taking on the the permanent role as the ceo of maker girl so this is a it's a big summer for uh f- For the organization just kind of give us an overview of where you are now and and where do you hope to see in the future
1: yeah so currently um like we mentioned we're at university of illinois and northwestern and we're talking with students at depaul um and we hope to expand to milwaukee as well i think we've been in a position for the past year year and a half or so where we haven't been able to take advantage of some of these opportunities just because we are a student-run program, which means they're dividing their time between Maker Girl and their academics. So having um, someone who can dedicate full-time like energy to Maker Girl will allow us to expand hopefully a little quicker.
0: And just so people understand, I mean, we were talking maybe ten years ago, where ten to fifteen percent of the incoming freshmen in engineering at Illinois were female and now we've had classes that are about 25 percent so why uh, do you see girls more and more being interested in in going into STEM and of course 25 percent that's still only one out of every four Um, but progress is definitely being made
1: yeah definitely I think that has a lot to do with other programs across the country that are similar to ours I mean you've heard of like girls who code who are really they try to get girls to go into like computer science and engineering And I think just giving girls mentors in the media and through programs like this, they're able to become interested in these areas and see this as like a future for them.
0: So in terms of not just Maker Girl, but what do you see the future for for girls uh, and women being much more influential in, in groundbreaking research and things like that? And I know one of the things that you try to do is try to focus on some of the the giants of the science world who who were women that have preceded them you know in generations before
1: yeah i think ideally i mean our goal is to have equality in the workplace for stem professions um one of our co-founders was actually inspired by the lack of women in c-suite positions and that was how she kind of got the idea for maker girl so um 50/50 would be ideal yeah.
0: so so what is c-suite then
1: oh like ceo cfo oh, okay. yeah yeah so
0: that's kind of the goal is that should eventually w- we won't care whether male or female and they'll wind up being closer as you say to the, to 50 50 yeah exactly so what's next uh, for you what's uh, what does the next year look like for maker girl and kind of sell how if people want to find out about maker girl how do they do it
1: Um, Yeah, so the year for me is focused on expansion, um, starting new Maker Girl Academies, and we're always looking for new universities and students at those universities to kind of champion our efforts there. We have a link on our website, um, www.makergirl.us. If you're interested in starting an academy, there's a little form on there that you can fill out. And then, obviously, to run our nonprofit, we always need sponsorship and fundraising, so that's another big effort for this upcoming year that I'll be working on. And again, on our website, there is a donate link, and we very much appreciate everyone's support in that way as well.
0: So are there activities, that, even if they don't participate directly with Maker Girl, that uh, science teachers and, and whatnot at other schools can, can you know, for lack of a better word, steal from you guys to, to be able to, to share with their students?
1: That's actually something that I want to work on in the next year: is having either an online curriculum or some kind of Maker Girl kit that we can send to schools so they can do our program at their, in their classrooms.
0: All right, Stephanie Hine. Anything else that uh, you want to add about Maker Girl?
1: No, that's it. All right. Well,
0: it was. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate it, and and best of luck to Maker Girl.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Stephanie Hine, the CEO of Maker Girl, has been our guest. I'm Mike Kuhn. That's another edition of Illinois Innovators. Illinois Innovators is a production of Engineering at Illinois. All rights reserved. We invite you to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or SoundCloud by searching Engineering at Illinois. We hope you'll help grow our core of listeners by leaving a favorable rating on iTunes.